Greetings to all my cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and I'm on your way, go. We invaded airwaves. Cool! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cool Radio. We got so much in store for you tonight, but for now, here is Tory Lanez with Blow, only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves right now, and we have a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, around the 8.45 mark, we got my man, NBA TV producer Dwayne Sweets Watson in the building. We're going to be talking about ball, we're going to be talking about hip-hop and everything in between. Uh, we also got to discuss why Kanye was left off of the performance bill for the for the inauguration. We got to talk about why Chrisette Michelle is getting so, so much heat for accepting a role to play or to perform at the inauguration ball, and so much more. But before we get into that, you guys already know how I do at the beginning of the show, man. I got some stuff to get off my chest. So on that note, I think it's time to let that is breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Now, as you all know, today, uh, Friday, June 20th, 2017, was the day that President Donald Trump, yes, I know people, it's hard to believe, but President Donald Trump was inaugurated into office today. And, you know, a lot of people in America are freaking out. You have a whole bunch of people rioting and stuff like that. My personal opinion, those people were paid to cause ruckus, but, hey, I'm just saying. But people over here in Canada, um, I don't know how the whole country feels, but I just know people in the GTA, they're freaking out about a Trump presidency, and they're saying how Trump's going to ruin the world, they're going to ruin Canada, and all that stuff. And I'm telling people, chill the hell out. It's really not as serious as you think it is. Now, here's my belief. I've always been under the belief that Canadians have some sort of like redheaded stepchild syndrome towards America because they feel like the odd person out. They feel like they're trying to live up to America's standards. And that stems from the fact that a lot of Canadians try to mimic what America does. Like, think about it when you're listening to like hip hop, for example. If you're listening to a rapper from Toronto, then you're not really going to care about that rapper until you hear he was signed by a Jay-Z or a Lil Wayne or something like that. But if that doesn't happen, then you're not going to care about it. You're always trying to measure your standards towards what America's standards are, and that's, that's wrong because at the end of the day, you're not going to live up to those standards because depending on what their plateau is, you may not be able to reach that if that's the case. So this is yet another case of Canadians trying to compare themselves to Americans. And I know we're like, we share a border with them, but the time needs to stop. Think about it like this. A lot of people think that Trump has so much power as president, and rightfully so. You do have presidents, uh, or when you are president, because technically you're the leader of the free world in that regard. But it's not as if this guy has the power to change all the constitutional rights and freedoms that we have, basically. Think about it like this. During the home uh, foreclosure situation in 2007, did that affect Canadians? No, it did not. All right. Uh, when all these mass shootings were taking place in America— did that happen in Canada? No, it did not. 
Do we have the same constitution as in America, like the, the right to bear arms and all that stuff? No, we do not. So what I'm saying is this. Unless if Trump finds the power to change our constitution, he basically ends all trading, uh, trading treaties with Canada, and for whatever reason decides to go to war with Canada, then we have nothing to worry about. If those things happen, then yes, of course. But until then, chill the hell out. It's not that serious. I remember a girl the other day was saying, oh, Trump's already changing. Actually, no, this wasn't the other day. This was um, back when he got elected, when he was the president-elect. Um, he was like, oh, Trump is already changing things. Look how low a dollar it is. It dropped by 70 cents. And I'm looking at her like, and? When does our dollar never drop? Like, when has it ever been on par with the American dollar? You can't blame that on Trump. Trump hasn't even been inaugurated. And mind you, this is like months ago. Like, he was just the president-elect. So you're telling me that you weren't complaining when the dollar dropped when Obama was in office, but now that Trump is in office, suddenly that, that has a ripple effect to it? This is ridiculous I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot give Americans that much power, and no disrespect to Americans when I say that, but you can't give them that much power just because they're one hopscotch away from you and also because they rule so many aspects of like entertainment and sports and things in between. Their policies are different from ours, and it's, gonna, it's not going to affect ours. Like, their right wing is different from our right wing. Our right wing is them being is them being like a hard left or like in between. Their hard right wing is like nothing in comparison. So everyone just needs to calm down and chill out. Is he going to damage America? We don't know. It's a possibility, but we can only find out and wait and see. And if he does, then to my Americans out there, you at least have four years to worry about that. The other four, I, I don't know. I can't predict that. But what do you guys think? Am I being too hard on my fellow Canadians? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, we got my man Dwayne Sweets Watson in the building. He is a producer for NBA TV Canada. We're going to talk about hoops and ball and uh, and, sp- and sports and music and everything in between. But before we get to that, we got to get to some more music. This one comes by way of Mississauga artist Audric Rose. And this one is called Over Everything, only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuned into Cool Radio on MaximumFM.ca. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And it is time for my guest of the evening. Now, I consider this person to be a huge figurehead within basketball in Canada. This guy has earned his stripes, and he has made sure that he has built a platform, multiple platforms, in fact, to make sure that Canadian basketball is the topic of conversation we live in a country where hockey is a dominant sport and he along with others have done their part to make sure that basketball is within the conversation because we are now seeing our presence felt in the nba overseas and basically people have proven that they want to see more hoops and this man is a heavy contributor to that movement so ladies and gentlemen it is my pleasure and privilege to introduce to you tonight my main man Dwayne watson how you doing? I'm good, man. What's up, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm finally glad to have you on the show, man. I'm just trying to be like you. You're like a one-man show. You rap, you sing. Did you produce that intro to you? I did, yes. See? You do it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even know you knew it was me, actually. I was paying attention, crazy. man. I'm paying attention to my job. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. And I also got to give you a big shout for uh, inviting me on Open Gym After Show uh, yeah, about two a, years ago. Yep. Man. That was, you did a, your thing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. So I have to return the favor, of course. You all know? good. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. So let, let's get into this discussion, man. Um... 
you know, a lot of people who come through, you know, they have a passion and like they fall through with it because like they're in love with it and like mm-hmm. they want to make it. They're living somehow. So, what made you decide that, or not even what made you decide, but let's backtrack a little bit. What made you fall in love with basketball? Man, I fell in love with basketball. At, uh, it's funny, at a pretty young age, not like not like since I was six years old, but um, yeah. My mom was really big into sports. Like mm-hmm. my mom still watches like every single. She watches the golf. She watches tennis. She watches uh-huh. CFL. She watches NFL. She watches NHL. Okay. She watches everything. Yeah. Um. And she was kind of big influence on my sporting appreciation. Yeah. Uh, but my older brother, um, she kind of like we used to play basketball in her basement, and it was like no nets, but playing around. And like yeah. I kind of always took to the game from there. And yeah. you know, it's always been they say hashtag ball is life. And to me, like, I love, I love the game. I yeah. love playing it. I love consuming it uh, in any way, shape or form. And that's kind of been a part of it, but that wasn't really my first career. Like I, this wasn't my path. Mm-hmm. Um, music was also hip hop was a big passion of mine mm-hmm. um, growing up. And I felt that much like how I got into the sports game, that there was a lot of, it was out there, but the people who were telling the stories mm-hmm. weren't, true to the art form in the sense. Yeah. Right? I mean, there were people who were telling stories from afar but didn't really understand and live it. Exactly. And that's kind of how I got into the whole music industry where um, I was doing some writing, you know, talking about the music, talking about the culture, mm-hmm. and ended up working at a few labels and promoting the music and marketing because I'm the, I'm the audience, I'm the consumer. Exactly. So I had a better understanding to do it as opposed to people who didn't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I worked in the music industry for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, director of marketing, a a bunch of different gigs. Yeah. Um, but then kind of the... Digital wave happened. Yeah. And downloading happened yep. and cuts happened. Shouts to Napster. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I used that as a transition to get into uh, my other passion, which is basketball and mm-hmm. sports. And uh, again, got to the writing and journalism stuff and then kind of evolved and snowballed there where I'm, you know, radio personality, TV producer, writer, and, you know, just a general lover of the game. Exactly. And so now that I know that you've worked on both ends of the spectrum, both basketball yep. and hip hop, right. in your opinion, why is there so much synergy between the two cultures? Like, what brings them together, in your opinion? Um, that's a really good question. I think um, it's, th- there is a lot of synergies. I mean, like, <laughs> rappers want to be basketball yeah, players, basketball yeah. players want to be rappers. There you go. I, I think it's on, like, a cultural level. It just kind of, there's this, and especially for me, like, coming out of this whole hip-hop scene for the music industry mm-hmm. and sports here now, where it's, like, hip-hop, and black music was trying to get that acceptance from the mainstream and, mm-hmm. and push ways and, and open doors. I've seen the same thing with basketball in this country where it's mm-hmm. like, it's almost like I did, I went somewhere for 15 years, it came back and it's like we're starting from scratch all over again. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's part of the passion where it happens and it grows organically. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's just, it's part, they're very much lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just music. It's not just a sport. It's kind of like, it's intertwined in so many different ways. Yeah. So it's not like it's just, you know, a part of you. So you might not be good at basketball, but you still can appreciate and have that love for the game. And yeah. you might not be able to rhyme or whatever, mm-hmm. but you can still, you're still immersed in it around those people. So exactly. um, it's just, it's, it's I, don't, I say it was a lifestyle because like a marketing term, but mm-hmm. like it's part of you, you know. Yeah, it, it's a culture at the end of the day, but on, exactly. on both sides. Yeah, like especially like when, when it comes to the fashion from from both ends. Like people love rocking high tops. People were work, rocking the headbands back in like the early two thousands and all that. Yeah, so all I that stuff permeates pop culture, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the roots of pop culture. But yeah. the funny thing is, sometimes hip hop and basketball don't get the credit for it. Well, we know that exactly. That's yeah. why we're here doing our thing. There right? you go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So let's keep it moving, man. Um, so going back to the basketball front. 
Uh, I feel like every either country or continent at the very least kind of has like its own representation of basketball, basically. Like even like on the east coast of the states, it's it's more more gritty, basically. West coast, it's a bit more flashy. You go into Europe, it's more about finesse, basically. A lot of the big men are shooting threes. Uh, what would you say? Like, would you say Canada or Toronto at the very least has a style of basketball that you've noticed? Uh, it's kind of. I think you know you just touched on this earlier in the broadcast about uh, how. Um, we're very close to the U.S. and very influenced by the U.S. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, kind of, I think New York is kind of a bigger influence on Toronto more than anywhere else. I think so. So yeah. um, I would kind of say, I don't necessarily say if we have our own style per se, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like what you touched on too that whole underdog mentality, mm-hmm. like, is, is Toronto. It's like if you go to, if you're from Toronto, if you're from Canada, mm-hmm. like when I was growing up and you like go to the States, you're like, you're from Canada. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, there wasn't, there wasn't the Drakes, there wasn't the Andrew Wiggins, there was yeah. no one way to talk of. It was like snow and igloos and hockey. Yeah. So you had to prove yourself every single time. And I think, you know, I think now, I mean, it's changed a lot, but Canadians are trying to have to prove themselves. So they go in with that attitude where it's like, I'm going to, like, do everything I can to, like, you know, show I belong. And not in a way that, you know, they're not confident, but mm-hmm. just that, like, can't lose attitude. So Exactly. And, like, you, you got to show out or, or else, like, they'll just clown you. <laughs> right. You, can, you, can't, you can't reinforce the stereotype, you know? Exactly, yeah. So you have, like, a lot of weight on your shoulders at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us how you became part of uh, NBA TV then. Uh, man, like, it's funny because even, like, how I said you do – I mean – I kind of feel that, you know, when people introduce me, how should I introduce you in this? Because I do so much stuff. I mean, I work with NBA TV. I work with TSN. Um, I do a lot of – I do Hoop Club. I do a lot of stuff. So I kind of feel I'm my own boss in a sense because I'm freelance. But um, I really got in with NBA TV because uh, Akil Augustine said, I'm going to have this show on NBA TV, and it's going to be really cool where it's like, you know, real dudes talking about real basketball topics. And I'm like, cool, let me know when you want to come on. And um, that, of course, ended up being the Hangout. And the first episode, the show, the first year started in the playoffs and Mm -hmm. ran through. Mm -hmm. And then I did the first show, and it was me, Akil, Dan Gladman, and Dwayne Casey was on. Mm -hmm. And then the next season, he's like, yo, come do the show again. I'm like, all right, cool. And he said, come at 1 o'clock. Little did I know the show started at 3.30. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and Akil is like, you know, making highlight packs. He's writing storylines, writing the script. He's booking all the guests. And I'm like, dude, you do, like, everything? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you need some help? Because, like, <laughs> I could do some of this stuff. And, you know, it totally fits with what I'm up to. Yeah. And that's how I kind of got involved with the Hangout. And me and Akil have a really good rapport and just in terms of, like, getting that figured out and, um, you know, doing some other shows, court surfing there. And I also produce yeah. uh, the After Show, which has evolved into a new show called um, Raptors Open Gym Fast Break, which is kind of like NBA inside stuff telling – basketball stories, NBA stories, GTA yeah. stories, and, mm-hmm. you know, been a good platform to kind of, like, do what I like doing and telling stories about basketball, so mm-hmm. it's been good. Yeah, definitely, man. And shout-out to Akil, shout-out to Kat, because those guys are doing, definitely doing the thing for that network for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. But yeah, so let's keep it moving, though, man. So um, One on One was a huge podcast uh, in, in basketball on TSN, and you linked up with uh, Will Strickland for yep. that one. So tell us how that came about. Uh, Will Strickland, the entrepreneur. Yes, um, yeah, the Will, American-Canadian. The American-Canadian. <laughs> There's so many of them. You came and go right? through them. Uh, Will is someone I just actually – it's funny because Will and I kind of had similar lives. We never connected in the music industry because he was in the music industry in New York. Yeah. Uh, working for Epic Records and I worked for Sony in Canada, but we never actually connected until after. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I started doing a blog called All Balls Don't Bounce, which is like mm-hmm. sports and basketball stuff. And Will was on, reading the blog and commenting, but he didn't know it was me. And then we ended up figuring that out. Yeah. And we had a ton of basketball conversations. And um, But eventually I was saying, why don't we do a podcast? Why don't we do a radio show? Mm-hmm. And TSN had um, opened their station, and we're like, we know they don't got anyone with basketball. Let's yeah. try and get in there. Yeah. And we pitched them, and um, we got on there, and we were basically the only basketball show on the whole network. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to, like, kind of do things the way we wanted to do and, and, you know, like, 
we have a general hip hop attitude aesthetic about us. And yeah. so it was pretty good in terms of like having a freedom to do what we want to do and, and talk about the game that we love and, mm-hmm. you know, appreciate a way that, you know, TSN normally doesn't appreciate the game. Yeah, yeah, you already know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you can read between the lines of that one. Exactly. Yeah, it's all hockey, 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 hockey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So let's keep it moving, man. Speaking of more basketball, uh, Hoop Club, man. Like, I've always seen posts on Instagram and social media about that. Tell us about Hoop, Hoop Club. What, what so, is Hoop Club about? So, Hoop about? Club started from uh, Akil and I, Akil Augustine and I were, um, we basically, we were in Chicago for the World Basketball Festival. Okay. And um, a bunch of media were down there to check it out. And we popped in a bus. And they took us, dropped us off in front of a school. That school ended up being Simeon High School, which is the school that Derrick Rose went to, mm-hmm. Jabari Parker, uh, and the late Ben Wilson went to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty historic within Chicago basketball. Mm-hmm. We walked in the gym, and Sonny Parker, who is Jabari's dad and a former NBA player and, like, you know, a godfather of the Chicago basketball scene, mm-hmm. was in the gym. And he basically schooled us on Chicago basketball, like mm-hmm. where it started, how it came from, how it evolved, who the key players were. Yeah. And we got on the bus, got back on the bus. Um, we took to, um, I forgot what it's called, but like basically the Rucker Park of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the guy who ran that park, he passed away, but his son plays. And he told us all the stories and the legends and stuff. And we're like, this is dope. There's so much history and legacy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so much stuff in Toronto. But, you know, if it didn't happen before the digital age, no one knows about it, exactly. right? So what we wanted to do was just kind of like really tell these stories about, you know, key people, key places, key events that have happened in Toronto mm-hmm. that, that are, you know, significant to the city and the GTA. So that's kind of what it evolved in. And we got a bunch of people who are like passionate about the game, but from different walks of life. So, you know, bankers, comedians, clothiers, industrial designers, Mm -hmm. um, who still are passionate about the game and still play. So it's kind of like once a month we would get together Mm -hmm. and go see a place and sit down with a storyteller and they would break it all down. And, you know, we would kind of like share that, share that story. But we're kind of like revamping how we're going to do things in 2017. And we definitely want to do more give back and work with kids and stuff. And so we're, Retooling, so just stay tuned to see what who comes. Okay, the definitely. Because every time I see it on social media, I see like a lot of like you know big names on the, the Toronto scene as far as like radio or sports and, and music and what have you. I'm thinking like this kind of like a, like a cool country club thing going <laughs> on, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we got a we got a bunch of people doing their thing. I mean, like yeah. it's kind of like it's cool, but it's really like it's really about the stories. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's like a who's who, and it's like, yeah, there's people, but I mean, it's really not about them. It's like we kind of use them to help push out the story, kind of okay. thing, right? Okay, that's dope. I can get with that. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was thinking, hmm, maybe I might not be accepted here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like basketball too, guys. Hey, what about me? <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, oh, there's some Nike gear there? Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember one time I saw like a video of, of Tricks because he was there or whatever. Ah, right. And uh, I think he was uh, uh, being interviewed by, by Drew E. Oh, yeah, Drew on point, yeah. He's talking about like, <laughs> he just came to Hoop Club to get the shoes. Yeah, I can, I, I can furnish my whole house at Hoop Club. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a pretty good clip. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I watched it like 10 times over. I, got, <laughs> I just couldn't deal. Uh, all right, man. So let's talk about, you know, um, the sports parody between Canada and America, uh-huh. just for a quick second. So in America, we all know the NFL is the most dominant league um, by bar none. Yep. But everything else below it afterwards, there seems to be like an even amount of distribution as far as like media attention, what have you. So they'll give baseball their attention, NBA their attention, so on and so forth. In Canada... I and I personally I just personally feel like when it comes to hockey, it's first and foremost That's the reality. They get like seventy eight percent of the coverage probably. The reality. And then every everyone else kinda has like to eat the scraps basically Agreed. at that point. I agree. So, you know, and I'm not saying basketball will ever reach that point, but will it at least ever get to a point where it may be like the second most popular sport in terms of media coverage? 
Yeah, I think I think that's gonna happen. I think um, you know, obviously I'm older than you, but I mean when I grew up it was hockey. Like mm-hmm. I played street hockey, I played hockey as a kid, but mm-hmm. you gotta look, I mean like, you know, you're half Ghanaian, half Nigerian, right? Yeah. A lot of people's a lot of Canadians coming in didn't come from Canada, mm-hmm. right? So like you have generations of people coming from different countries, whether it's Eastern Europe, you know, Africa, West Indies, mm-hmm. who didn't grow up in hockey. Mm-hmm. So hockey doesn't mean as much to them as like to people who've lived here for their lives. Yeah, and generations upon generations. Exactly. So it's it's changing and that's evolving. And you're seeing that in the talent that's coming in here. That's why you mm-hmm. have kids growing up, you know, like the Andrew Wiggins of the world and all these guys, because mm-hmm. they weren't raised on hockey, right? Mm-hmm. I was raised on hockey and basketball. So it's like yeah. I can there was nowhere to develop that game. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, you're getting generations who are more concerned with other sports and not just hockey. Yeah. Um, hockey is still going to probably always be number one. Of course. But I think that, you know, it's changing. I mean, the fact that, you know, when I first got in this industry like eight years ago, mm-hmm. there was there was no hangout. There was no one-on-one. There wasn't mm-hmm. any outlet. So it's already been changing in this for a span of time. So yeah. it's continuing to grow involved with more opportunities. You know, maybe we'll find you somewhere soon. You never I know. So but I think that. I think that it is changing. And I think yeah. also the, the players are the players and the athletes are driving that. Exactly. And I mean, the Raptors ain't hurting either. They, they're not hurting. They're definitely not hurting. Like, I remember growing up, like, before before the Raptors, like, became popular. Like, I remember, obviously, a big Michael Jordan fan for obvious reasons. And then Penny Hardaway was, like, my next favorite just because, yep. like, I think he thought I thought he had a pretty cool like mainstream appeal in, in my sense. And he could ball like Jordan. Like back when I was growing up, that's how I viewed him. Grant Hill is another person I, right. I looked up to as well. And then you know, for me, when Vince Carter got drafted and just like became like the human highlight reel, I thought to myself like, this is the genesis. You know yep. what I mean? Like I thought he was like the atom bomb that created the mutant, so to speak. You it's know? true. And then because like, now you got like Wiggins coming up and Jamal Murray and all these Tristan guys. Thompson, Tyler Ennis, all those guys grew yeah. up on Vince. Exactly. Like even Kevin Durant said that. So it's like, yeah. so he's a, so for a country, it's like, you're sitting here like, wait, I can be this guy. Mm-hmm. I can like, it's tangible. It's in my city. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that was a big tipping point, I think for basketball. Cause I mean, no respect to Steve Nash because he's a two time MVP. He's done his thing. But I think that, there wasn't. It, he was kind of like it was him, and there wasn't really much after that. Yeah. Vince Carter was like all star, yep. mainstream megastar, yep. highlight film. You know, good player, everything, mm-hmm. and it just like, and also they could relate to him. And that I think you're right. That was the atom bomb that started the whole thing. Exactly. And like I just as a kid, like 11, 12 years old, like I lost my mind when I heard for a Raptors game for the first time ever. Of course, I was like. I've been waiting for this moment my entire <laughs> 12 life. years. <laughs> it's still, oh my God. <laughs> hey, people are still waiting for that recognition. I mean, like, a lot of people were mad the Raptors were playing on Christmas Day. It, trust me, <laughs> I was one of them. I was, I was one. <laughs> like, I, I, I get it. Like, New York plays, but, like, that's New York. Like, they're, they're, they're playing Madison Square Garden. Chicago? I, I know. I, I know. don't know. The, the one I was pissed off about was Minnesota. Why are you showing Minnesota on a Christmas Day? Because they're game? exciting. Uh, I, I, I hear you, but, like, you got. Cat, Carlton Towns, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins. And don't forget, though, at the beginning of the season, hold on. Everyone thought that team was going to be a lot better than they are right now. Everyone thought they put together, got new coach, Top Thibodeau. They'll be good. Ricky Rubio is stable there. They are jumping the gun with that, though. Like, mm. like I get it. Like, they have a young nucleus. People thought they would be, like, the next OKC in a sense. Right, exactly. But, like, those things take time, though, man. Like, maybe next year it could be a different story. But and maybe like, next year the Raptors, I mean, if they have another good playoff run, you got to look at them on Christmas Day. They're, like, one of the top five teams in the they league. They have to. I thought for sure they'd be luck. Like, they were one of the final four teams last year. Yeah, but I think people want to see if they can do it again. And that's the big test. And if they do, then yeah. you got you got to give it to them. You can't deny that. Yeah, it's that American bias. I tell you, jeez, <laughs> that privilege. I tell you, that privilege. Oh man, but we're gonna get into a whole lot of other basketball stuff. So, with that being said, 
I got two games that I like to play with the people, you know, on okay. Cool Radio. Because right, you know, we're right. all about games, all about having fun, letting loose, and all that good stuff. So the first game I got is called Cool or Uncool. So it goes a little something like this. Yeah. So I know you. You're 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 a hip hop man. Like you, you you came up in the golden era, I'm sure. Yep. The nineties and everything. So you already know the beat that's playing in the background. I don't even need to educate you on that. So on that note, I'm gonna list off a bunch of scenarios for you. Okay. And you're gonna let me know if they're cool or uncool. Okay. Right? And feel free to elaborate. All right. Cool. On, on on your answers because I'm always curious to hear what the what the guests always have to say. Okay. So on that note, let's start things off. Um, the Raptors making a trade by the deadline. Cool or uncool? Uncool. Raptors, really? They don't. The Raptors only need to make a move yeah. if it's gonna get them a lot closer to Cleveland. Right okay. Now. Right now, they're still the second best team in the Eastern Conference. True. If you're not trading for like a game changer, and Paul Millsap was a name that was talked about, yeah. who was really, really good, yeah. but does he make you beat Cleveland? I don't think he does either. Then you don't give up assets for it. Yeah. You wait it out and see what you can do, I think. When it came to the Paul Millsap thing, I thought to myself, okay, A, he could bring a, he could make us uh, better than what we were last year against the Cleveland Cavaliers, so it might be like a close, tightly contested six or seven game series. And then other people were saying, sure, let's get Paul Millsap this year. Hopefully he resigns. And then we can add another piece or something like that. So that could possibly happen, but this guy wants $35 million uh, yearly. And I don't think the Raptors should give that to him. And like, the thing is, too, it's like more importantly, I was in favor of it until I, I thought about it. And the luxury tax we have to pay, yeah. we're paying him, and we're going to pay Kyle Max money. Yeah. And he's just going to get older. Yeah. He's good, but so it's like you're going to lock in. Yeah. So, uncool. I got I to go with that as well. Fair enough. I, I was expecting that, but okay, fair enough. All right. Um, <laughs> Saza Petrulia stared down at Westbrook after that foul. Cool or uncool? <laughs> I'm cool. I'm a big Westbrook fan, man. So yeah. like, and it was kind of like it was a little, it was a little dirty. It was dirty. And, and it, no, he did a step. Or he he took a couple of steps. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at Zaza for trying to flex like that, but don't think Westbrook will not forget this oh, and no. get you back. Definitely not. There's gonna be a big poster coming up for Zaza. What I was disappointed with was uh, Westbrook's teammates. True. They didn't even rush. No one. No one. She should got a push. I would take a T for that. Yeah. You have to take a T. That or guy an ejection or something. That guy carries that team. He, yeah. He carries that team and Cantor benefits a lot from what he does. He should have right? given. He should have dealt with this case. Yeah, he should have given like a, a stiff arm. Yeah, he or just gave like a little, little. Yeah, a little, little t- yeah. Excuse me, sir. Excuse no, me. You got because he, he, he just chucked him. I mean, come on. Yeah, that, I I was disappointed at that. If anything, man. But uh, let's keep it moving though. Um, Mellow not waving his trade clause. Cool or uncool? <laughs> it depends on if I'm mellow. If I'm mellow, it's yeah. cool. If I'm the Knicks, it's uncool. Yeah. Um, I mean. Hey, he negotiated that no trade clause. The New York gave it to him. Yeah. So you can't really be mad at the fact that he won't waive it. I think that's um, under old management, though, isn't that? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like you, the deal happened. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Exactly. I mean, I think um, he likes playing in New York. He's getting paid well. Yeah. He's still the man. He can still do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, should he have to care whether you know they need to rebuild around him? I mean, I'm sure he'd like to go play with his boys, the Banana Boat crew. I know, right? But, <laughs> and he has a big trade kicker because trade, he gets 50 of his salary on top of it yeah but um you know i think for Melo, i think that's you know he has a right to do what he wants to do and i think like new york is stuck with it they should like don't do like giving a no trade clause to yeah. a player means they have to approve everything which puts gives them the power exactly. so you shouldn't give it yeah exactly. so i'm i'm cool with it you know what I, i'll say this like i'm cool with it as well but like don't come off as if you're competitive and you want to win because you know in the situation you're in, you don't want to win. You just want to be comfortable. But I get it. That's fine. Like, you want your wife to, like, have 
good opportunities in New York. You want your son to grow up in New York. You don't want to have to like keep on traveling around. But don't tell people that like you want to win. You want to build a contender. Stop this. Because you signed that deal even after the fact that guys like Tyson Chandler and them left. And you knew what you are getting into. So don't victimize yourself. Well, all I'm saying. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think... Melo said though, winning gold medals is more important than every championship. Yeah. So like that's enough for me. It's exactly. like this guy doesn't really want to win. Yeah. But New York, New York, that's what they always do, man. Exactly, man. Uh let, let's get into a non-basketball one actually. Okay. Uh Netflix binge watching, cool or uncool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I have a pro- I mean, I'm a binge watcher in general. Like okay. I will not watch shows. Well, I mean, Netflix is good for that, but like when yeah. HBO's got a show, yeah. don't talk to me until it's over because yeah. I want to watch as I watch like just exactly. binge, binge, binge. So yeah. But the problem is sometimes finding the time to do it because for me it's True. like I'm always doing stuff. So yeah. um, I'm a big binge watcher. Like, oh, love it. So what's your what's your what's your Netflix go to right now? Um, I'm looking for one right now. I just watched um, The Fall, which is like a British crime. Uh, I've heard about that one. Yeah, I haven't it's seen actually it. pretty good. Okay, it's pretty good. It's two seasons. Yeah. Um, you know the obvious ones like Narcos. If you haven't watched Narcos, oh, yeah. watch Narcos. Yeah. Um, what else? Did I, I watched this other. So The Fall got me to this other British. Um, Crime thing called um, oh my gosh, bro, Broadchurch, Broadchurch. Okay. The guy from did you watch uh, Jessica Jones? I did, yes, yes. Yeah, so the bad guy, Mr. Purple, he's like oh, one of the main guy. He's a cop, okay, whatever. Okay. But um, it's actually really got really good twists. Like the gotcha. guy never told anyone in the the cast didn't yeah. know the finale, like who was who the murderer, until like a few hours before they had to shoot it. Yeah. So like, and they kept everything in a wrap. So yeah. it's actually pretty good. But okay, um, yeah, and then you know like Stranger Things, mess with um. Yeah. I still haven't watched that, by but the way. give me a new one. I need a new one. Like, is the OA any good? Like, the which one? OA. OA. Which one's that? Something. It's like some sci-fi. Something intelligence on it. Oh, okay. Like what? What are you watching? Um. So right. Well, there's nothing current that I'm watching right now. But like a favorite of mine was like Luke Cage, basically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I watched Luke Cage. I, I binge that like from the first day. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. Like, I, like I, all I, the I'll, Marvel stuff. I was Netflix the one. Is, is I was tight. the one that messed up that algorithm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For real. But, um. The the one that I'm really looking forward to is Iron Fist. Because he's oh, the final member of the Defenders, of course, man. Of course. So, like, I'm waiting for another trailer. They only gave us like two trailers. They gave us like the teaser and then a longer teaser. Like, I'm waiting for. Did you see the new trailer. Logan trailer? I saw that. Guy, that's crazy. Guy, that's they, they're finally doing a Wolverine movie right. Well, yeah, the first one. Deadpool, asked, Deadpool opened the door though. Yeah, because then it just said like, let's just go all out, which they should have done from jump. They should have. Yeah, like that first like, there's two trailers now. The new one came out like yesterday. Yeah, I think. oh my. That but was... that first one though, the one with the Johnny Cash uh, soundtrack in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Too. I was like. When is this coming you out? You seen the Red Band new one though. I saw the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Yo, I that know. one was crazy, man. But um, I'm, I'm can we talk about that. how Marvel is just killing DC? They, they're slaying them. They, yo, DC shouldn't even try. Like, thanks for coming. Uh, Batman v Superman was garbage. Thanks for coming. I actually haven't even. I just haven't watched it because I knew it's like it's not good. Don't bother, man. I know. Don't bother. Like, I'll say this. People were, were harping on uh, Ben Affleck uh, being um, Batman or whatever right. like, before the movie came out. He's actually the redeeming quality yeah, of that movie. That's what I've heard. Man. Everything else is ass. And Suicide, Suicide Squad was whacked too. Yeah, like I, I didn't have high hopes for that one yeah. just because like I but knew then, a lot of people didn't know about Suicide Squad. Right. I, and I did too. I mean, like obviously we're comic guys. Yeah, yeah But yeah. I mean, like for me, it's like the, why come out so early with that movie? You exactly. know what I mean? Like Marvel did it. They developed the characters. They, they built it the right way. Like why do a Suicide Squad movie if you still got to do Justice League? For real. Wonder Woman trailer looks all right, though. Yeah, it actually looks pretty dope, but I'm not even a Wonder Woman fan, to be honest. Yeah, I know. You know so. what I mean? And, like, with Suicide Squad, that's the kind of thing that you put out after you've put out, like, four or five decent DC exactly. movies. It's like, because it's like, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, like, the general consensus didn't know who that was, unless if you're a hardcore fan. I didn't even exactly. know who that was. Yeah. That turns out to be one of Marvel's best movies. I know. And they try to do the same thing with Suicide Squad. It's like, guys... 
let let these people breathe for a second. They took the formula, but they did not execute it. They they didn't. Like to me, it was it was just a popcorn flick to me, in my opinion. Like I wasn't I wasn't like devastated when it turned out bad because I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm just here for the jokes. Yeah, but that's much. not you can't I mean they're not making big budget movies to go with low expectations. So I mean exactly. I don't know. They're they're in trouble. They are, man. They 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 should just stick to their own thing. They're they're wicked when they do the animated movies, but just let Marvel do yeah. like the, the the big screen ones, man. Because I think their biggest mistake was the fact that they put all their eggs in one basket uh, in Batman and Superman, like in their individual movies, like The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and then Man of Steel. They, that's their problem. That was their problem right there. They, well, they I mean, diversify. Well, the thing is, though, you got to look at it, though. Those two characters are bigger than anyone Marvel's got. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it made sense. And they killed the Batman trilogy. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. But Superman is such a tough character because he's so... He's boring. Yeah, he's, he's boring. He's perfect. So, like, how do you develop a connection and sympathy for him? You can't. Exactly. So, I don't know. But they, but they that doesn't... And why go Batman and Superman so quick? It, it doesn't make any sense. They they should have they should have done like a build up to that you know what I mean like yeah. like how how Marvel did a build up to the Avengers or something like that or how they did a, a build up to Civil War when they actually got Tony and Steve Rogers fighting against each other yeah but they couldn't do that anyway and I I feel you yeah and mind <laughs> you I'm not even a Captain America fan as a character oh not at all but he's, movies, he's another corny one yeah but he's Winter corny. Soldier was like. Winter Soldier was so big. God, that, yo, Winter Soldier was so good. I didn't even well see done. that in theaters. I had people say, yo, it's so good, it's so good. I'm like, all, all right, I, whatever. I'll see it when I do see it. And I saw it on Netflix eventually. And I was like, holy crap. You missed out. This is like a Marvel version of the Bourne Identity. Yo, like, this it was is, so good. Yeah, I didn't see the first Captain America because I just I knew the story. I like, saw the first one. It, yeah. it was all right. It was right. All right. Yeah. But the Winter Soldier was a wow. They did, that was they a game changer. It. Yeah. That was a game changer. And the Civil War? And that was, I think to me, Winter Soldier, I mean, Iron Man was always doing his thing, but yeah. Winter Soldier was like, Marvel's really got something out with these characters and yeah. how they're developing them. And then, of course, Civil War, which is still going, right? Exactly. And even the Thor ones were that bad. And Thor is a character who's like questionable right. because. The, the Thor's are all right. But you know what? Thor is better than DC. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank For you. real. I couldn't agree more. They definitely Ooh. were. <laughs> I'll say this, though, man. Next year. I can't wait till that Black Panther movie comes out. Oh, I know. I, oh my god! Is it next year? It's next year, February twenty. Is there something? Is there anything before it though? Before it, does Marvel have anything before it? No, that's their. That's gonna be the first Marvel movie of that year, basically, and then they're gonna lead into um, uh, Infinity War, right? And then I think Captain Marvel is coming out later on in the year as well. Black Panther is gonna be good. Got I mean, it. the casting is already sounding good, but I, I may have to come out full dashiki for that. <laughs> no, but you know what it is? They're doing it right though. Like yeah. I mean. And it's so easy to like do stuff wrong, and especially like the African print. Like it's so yes. easy, but um, they're treating it really good. Yeah, and I'm excited about it. Yo, I might yo for like a week. I'm after they like, just talk in my natural dialect. Yeah, like, hey, my people. Hey, we are you. We are here. Hey, hey, we have a superhero head. Hey, 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 the African Batman. Oh, hey, Bruce Wayne. Hey, juju up on your head. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's oh. switch things down. We got to get to the second game. We got a little carried away with that, but it's all good. Okay. So second game, this one's a favorite one of mine, man. This one's called I'd Quit the Game. So I'm going to play that drop just like this. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. All right, now in this game, man, you uh, are in an alternate universe. Okay. And in this alternate universe, you are the eligible bachelor. Right? <laughs> okay, definitely alternate universe for yes, me. Yes, yes, definitely. That, yes. That's why I said okay. alternate. I, All right. I don't like to get you to divorce or nothing okay. like that. Okay, appreciate it. So, you know, in this alternate universe, you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Woo! Woo! There you go. You ain't got a wrestling fan in here. So, if you had to quit the game for one of these two ladies that I've handpicked for you, who would you quit the game for? 
Would you quit the game for Nia Long or would you quit the game for Lisa Bonet? The choice is yours. Well, it's, it's actually kind of easy for me because I really had to think for Nia Long for a while. Yeah, as, as and unfortunately, she's getting a little older, so it's like there's been other women who come up and take True. space. She's still good, though. but I wasn't really a fan of Lisa Bonet. You know, I, I mean, I hear you. She's like, I think like she's attractive, she's pretty, she's cool, but she's a little bit different for me. You know what yeah. I mean? And Nia's just like smoking, like mm-hmm. Love Jones, like there's all like mm-hmm. go back Love with you. Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You know she has babies for uh, Ami Udoka, right? He used to play for the Trailblazers. He's I assistant coach on the Spurs. I did not know that. I think I think they're divorced, but yeah, he's assistant coach. He's at, he had like the birthmark on his shoulder, that dude. Okay. He's African. You should know him. I, hey, they, I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm you know what? I'm he proud. Proud. The, you know what? He probably doesn't have his papers. Like, you want to say <laughs> okay, you know? But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah Neil Long, yeah. Neil Long, yeah. Neil Long. All the way. You can even give me another one to try. I mean, like, Neil Long is definitely going to be. I was going to say Karen Parsons to go play Hillary Banks. Neil Long stuff. Yeah, okay. But I mean, no, but I mean, not knocking Hillary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, I, but if this is alternate reality, I should be able to have both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, polygamy ain't a bad thing. This alternate universe, right? It's, all, it's also uh, customary in many African nations, so you can be honorary African for a day if that's True. the case. <laughs> all right. I'll say this, though, man. Lisa Bonet's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Woo. See, that that would be a conversation yeah. if you put that in there. Yeah, a.k.a. Godfather Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Dwayne Sweets Watson in the building. And by the way, we're going, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be the overtime edition, but it's all good. Uh, so when we come back, we have so many stories to get to that involve basketball and hip-hop. And since we want to keep that synergy going, we got to play a track from my man, John River. And this one's called The League. And it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Yes, yes, yo Welcome back to Cool Radio It is your man DM Cool And we are back on the air, man I still got my man Dwayne Sweets Watson in the building Yep Yeah And you know Just a couple of hardcore nerds Nerding out during the commercial break Is always a good thing <laughs> I always love it when I, when, when I meet my fellow nerds But I'm just like Yo, you watch this too? Okay, let's work <laughs> Are we even nerds though? Because we're cool We just appreciate different things exactly. We have eclectic taste That's e- all Exactly You know exactly. what I mean? I mean I always tell people, man Embrace your nerdum. You know what I mean? Embrace it. Exactly. I, when, when I turned 20, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> hey, you're still cool. That's the thing. Exactly. Well, you, you of all people, you're cool, right? <laughs> I try, you know. It's hard <laughs> out here in these streets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get to Trip Talk, man. So that means three topics that we're going to knock out, and we're going to discuss, and we're going to let the people at home, you know, uh, we want to know what you think about them. So you already know. Hit us up on, on Twitter, at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. So first thing on the deck, we got to keep it NBA. Um, so, biggest story of this week, man. The uh, the results for the voting came out for the All-Star starters. Yes. And to many people's surprise, Russell Westbrook did not make the cut. So, uh, Dwayne, what is your take on that? Uh, to my surprise as well. I, I don't understand how you could be leading the league. Well, so you have, you're averaging a triple-double, yes. carrying a team that really everyone thought was done once Kevin Durant left, mm-hmm. uh, and playing like the animal that you are, mm-hmm. and not be starting in the, in the Western Conference. I mean, James Harden for sure should be there. Of course. Um, Steph Curry is having a good season, but... Not as good as last year, though. And Kevin Durant is the guy on that team. Yes. So, you know, I'm just surprised that... Well, basically what happens is they wait, the waiting on the, the fans have 50%, the players and the coaches have 50%. Yeah. He was first with the players, first with the coaches... But I think he was third with the fans. No, I think it, it, was, it was, was fans, he? players, and media actually. And I think he was. I think it was third with the fans. He was third with the fans, first with the first players, players, and then first with the media. I think. Right, but the problem is, so the tiebreaker goes to the, to fans. the fans. Yeah, and because he was third, I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah, All I know but, is that regardless of whether he's starting or not, yeah. that locker room is going to be very uncomfortable because him and Kevin oh, Durant yeah. are not friends. Yeah. And, and, and then with Curry, it's like, oh, so that's your new best friend? Yeah, that's, your, <laughs> that's your new bestie? That's your boy? That's your boy over there? <laughs> Whose mask is this? Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the starting all star, whatever. I mean, he's going to be there. He deserves to be there. Yeah. I thought he earned the, earned the right to start. And I mean, yeah, the NBA still has to figure this out. I mean, yeah, because like that whole point system, like when Ernie and, and the guys at TNT were going over it, I'm sorry, it went over my head. I'm like, so if you get one, one, and one, that means you're lower yeah, than the three. I was like, yo, this is wow. What they really should do is if it's a tie, make the commissioner decide who starts. Exactly. Or, or even make the coaches, if anything. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because, like, him not starting is bonkers. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything in the long run, of course, but, like, you can't ignore greatness, man. Like, we haven't no. seen someone average a triple-double in over 50 years. And the way he plays, too. The yeah. passion the guy plays with, it's the like... The passion, like, the amount fire. of energy he's exerting. Like, he's, like, yeah. he's, he's super Saiyan mode all the time. Yeah, and he's carrying this team. Like, legit. Yeah. Like, out of all the guys we mentioned, he is, like, if they take him away from that team, that They're team done. is... Garbage. They're, they're, they're lottery pick, easily. Easily. Now, the same, same argument can be made for James Harden most definitely because no one expected them to, to be third in the West at this point right now. I didn't expect it. I agree, and I didn't expect them to be averaging double digits and assists, but I exactly. mean, well, what they've done a good job is yeah. kind of setting up, setting up three-point shooters around him to pass the ball to when yeah. he needs to. Um, so they're a better team. Their role players are a better team, but mm-hmm. you know, James Harden stepped up too. I mean, they got him in a good system. Exactly. Now, here's my thing in, in regards to James uh, Harden and Russell Westbrook. Despite his historical numbers from, from Westbrook, right. I think James Harden should be MVP at this point, mainly because of the fact that he took guys who already had past of you know possible greatness or they're good facilitators, but then they fell off after a while. So I'm talking about guys like Ryan Anderson, Aaron Gordon, um, uh, Trevor Ariza. And he's actually making them relevant again. He's finding them in the right spots, in my opinion. Like, yeah, well, it's I not mean, like he's holding up the ball for like twenty seconds in the shot clock and then dishes it off when he has no other option. That's more Westbrook style, I find. But Harden's actually facilitating the offense. He's coordinating it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't disagree with you on that. I think, um, like I said, though, they have shooter Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson weren't there last year. Those guys can knock down. The, I mean, Eric Gordon's surprised he's ever playing good. Yeah, but they can <laughs> knock down the three point shot and like. Harden draws so much attention. It's like mm-hmm. you can't let him go to the basket. Exactly. And if he knows if you're going to come get me, I'm going to dish it out. So yeah. I think the thing is he's making the offense work for him and like having a guy like Clint Capel who's got to kiss lobs and get putbacks and stuff. Yeah. This, the, the personnel, they've done a really good job of surrounding him with rare personnel to succeed. Yeah. And, I mean, you're right. I guess I think if you take – but going back – so, I mean, the, the thing is it's not really who's most valuable to the team. It's like – who's most valuable, and who has a better record. Yes. And in that regard, yes. it's definitely James Harden. Yeah, so. for sure. Because that's been the standard for ever since, like, 1984, yep. basically. And I wish they would just kind of, like, ignore that standard because then there's deserving players who will never get the MVP in that regard. Like, yep. like it, to me, it boggles my mind that Dwayne Wade has never been the MVP before. It kind of boggles my mind that Jason Kidd has never been the MVP before, even though he took a sh- – Sorry, a shitty New Jersey Nets team and made them relevant. Like guys yeah. wouldn't even know about guys like Kerry Kittle or or Richard Jefferson or Kenyon Martin, Martin yep. if it weren't for for his playmaking ability. So I think they, they should change that unwritten rule. So well, to I speak. think now with because now the players' association has their own awards right now where they yeah. pick their own. So I think the fact that they're voting on their own yeah. kind of is more accurate because it's like mm-hmm. even though Steph Curry did no did Harden no, Harden won Harden it Harden last won year. the year yeah exactly yeah. so and I thought Harden should have won that year too so it was a little more accurate in terms of like reflecting the guys who play play the game exactly yeah uh, ladies and gentlemen listening at home what do you guys think hit us up on Twitter at dm underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts uh, next topic we're gonna keep things hip hop now uh, so Kanye West uh, to many people's surprise was not named as a performer for Donald Trump's inaugural ball basically well, so, why were you surprised. 
Um, well, did you see the the, the footage well, yeah. of well, him? Yeah, how they met because you thought they were like boys and stuff. Exactly. And, you invite her, right? and how he was saying on contrary, well, I would have voted for Trump if I did vote and all right, that stuff. Right. So that part kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, so you would pass up on having probably the biggest star on your bill not perform. So that kind of caught me by surprise. Okay. Now, here is the reason uh, that one of his associates gave as to why he was not named a performer. So um, the chairman of the Presidential Inauguration Committee, Tom Barrick, explains to CNN why Yeezy was not asked to perform, or was yeah. not asked to perform. And he said the following, and I quote, he considers himself a friend of the president-elect, but it's not the venue. The, menu, uh, the venue we have for entertainment is filled out. It's perfect. It's going to be typically and traditionally American. And <laughs> Kanye is a great guy, but we just haven't asked him to perform. We move on with our agenda. What an awful answer. Right? It's an awful answer. I think <laughs> the real answer must be between the lines. Yes. Um, we don't know what Kanye may do. <laughs> so exactly. they, they can't afford to have Kanye make a speech or a rant as he's known to do yep. in that kind of venue because yep. they're always they're, they don't know what Trump's going to do never mind what Kanye's going to do and I mean yep. I think you know uh, first of all I miss the old Kanye we all do <laughs> we all do jeez after Yeezus I was done with him I was like I can't but, oh no oh Merv see, see? <laughs> we, have, we have this argument all the time okay I, I mess with Yeezus though I, really? Yeah. I couldn't do with him, man. Now, I was like... I, I, but so, but hold on. But back to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were you kidding me? Really? I couldn't, man. I tried. I, I tried. I think, I think the thing to say was like, oh, I think the cool thing, I'm not trying to knock you, yeah, I'm yeah, not trying to make course, my words, yeah. was like, oh, I can't get him after Jesus because he was just going too far left. But there's some good songs on that record, man. The only thing... The only, Black Skinheads. The only record... Blood on the Leaves. That's the only record I like. Blood on the Leaves um, is the only there's one, one I more. What's, what's the other one? Hold my liquor. Hold my liquor though, right? yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I could have hold my liquor on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I felt like, huh? Bound was good until I saw the video. <laughs> Listen, anyways, but I, but I think like yeah. Kanye can reinvent himself and do different things, and yeah. he's still creative. And I mean, like, yeah, maybe the whole record's not like a college drop it and run through top to bottom. Yeah, but I still rate him. But anyways, um, I don't rate the Trump stuff though. Okay, I was kind of surprised that he. I was really surprised that he was, you know. Like but mind you, the things that went downhill after that. So does that really mean anything? Remember he checked himself in? Like maybe that was part of his downward spiral. You know what, man? I've been saying this for like at least 10 years now. He's been crazy ever since his mom passed away, yep. RIP. But like that set him off right there. But at the very least, you can say, hey, he's still making good music. No pun intended. I mean, he made 808s and Heartbreaks, which is a great experimental album. You know what's funny, though? I'm not an 808s fan. Was I'm like he, I swear by Kanye, but I don't I don't really mess with it. I liked it because they actually had a concise concept to it. You know what I mean? Like he was able to master his madness in that regard. Um, My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That was his most musically diverse album ever, man. And again, he mastered his madness, like the breakup with Amber Rose and all yep. that. But Jesus, it's just like a bunch of distorted noise and everything, man. Like to me, it's like one of those things where it's like I'm gonna put out some bullshit. And then the people still like it because I'm Kanye nah, West. That, that, that's nah, what I got from I mean, it. That's fair. That's fair. Like but for I Kanye think... standards, that was a bad album in my opinion. Well, yeah, but because he did something different though. But he... different doesn't always mean good though. That's it's fair, but but I think there's still merits in it. I mean, you're right. Difference, but it's like, and also when we want, like we say we miss the old Kanye. Yeah. It's like we want, like we want that stuff. We want the classic. We don't want to hear that stuff. But sometimes you just gotta like find the other, find the redemption. Like you, in a way, it's a perfect example, right? Yeah. I don't want to hear that. It was one of the stuff I want to hear. I want to hear like rapidity rap rap stuff. Yeah, fair but enough. So, I don't know. Just, I, I, I respect what he does musically. Yeah. I give him a pass on that one. 
Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to go past what that was. But hey, it, it's it's hard, man. Just because like I've been a UC fan since high school, basically, right? Like to me, like he was like the first rapper since like I would say maybe a tribe called Quest or the Native Tongues movement who. Wasn't like who was portraying question. the image of like a of like a, a drug Without dealer a question, or whatever. Yep. And like he made it mainstream. He did no one else besides maybe Will Smith was able to do that, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like that's why I was always rocking with him. I didn't care that consequence or rhyme fest writers rhymes for him. Like I did not care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also because so, he produced too, so he made the music. I mean, like in the soul and Exactly. He's like still crazy. putting in that work, right? Yep. And then just him, like nowadays, like he just sounds so uninspired. He contradicts himself to the tenth degree. He says he doesn't want corporations rule him yeah he's always begging for the acceptance of the fashion industry it's just too much man like i like my cup runneth over i think the thing is like you said though i'm not saying he's crazy but i definitely think that the passing of his mother affected him yeah in a certain way and that's what i think i mean he was always passionate and you know cocky and arrogant yeah but there's like i think i'm not trying to chalk it up to anything but i feel yeah. like there's other things that are at play there and i mean you know it it is what it is, man. Either way, man. Most of the, say most of the geniuses are crazy, though, right? That's so. true. That's true. Yeah, there's a method to everyone's madness, basically. Yeah. Um, I just think that Kanye's just going off the rail. Maybe that has to do with the marriage of Kim Kardashian. Who, that didn't help. Who, yeah, that did not help, man. Like I, I just don't understand that. I don't either. Like you don't need the acceptance of the Kardashians. You are your own brand. Like look at what you've done. You don't need to add that. It's like. It's like KD went to the Warriors. Like the Warriors didn't need to have KD on, but they're like, "Hey, we're not gonna pass up on having the second best basketball player." That's on a team. little linear. You can kind of still make sense of that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, I mean, Kanye's been in love with Kim for a while, as he says. So, and love is a strange th- thing, right? So, hey, I mean, you know what? As long as he's happy, he's got two beautiful kids, which he seems to adore, whatever. And they haven't been ex- well. They kind. Of, I mean, you could argue if they've been exploited, but oh, they've definitely been exploited. I mean, first of all, you name your child North, and then you name the other one. What's the other one's name? Do you know? Uh, I can't even probably keep Compass up. or something like that. Oh, wow. Either either way, it's just like you're setting up your kids for failure. Like that's that's all I'm saying. I'm sorry, man. But um, ladies and gentlemen at home, what do you guys think? Once again, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. And then the final topic on Trip Talk, man. We got to keep it with the, with the uh, inauguration, actually. So, Chrisette Michelle has been named at, or was named as one of the, the performers for the inaugural ball, basically. Uh, but a lot of people were trashing her for it, basically. So, it got so bad to the point where Questlove of, uh, yes, the, of the Roots tweeted out the following, and I quote... I'd pay Chrisette to not perform. So my question is, should people be giving her this much flack just for picking up a paycheck? Or should there be some sort of moral high ground that should be maintained in, in, in all of this? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's all about your beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how Chrisette Michelle feels about Donald Trump. Okay. Because maybe she's in favor of it. Yeah. Or maybe she needs a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if you have any set of beliefs um, in knowing what Trump stands for and what he said and how he's moved up until getting to the presidency, yeah. Um, like Quest Love, it's like you could say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is, I'm actually glad Kanye didn't get asked because I think Kanye would probably say yes. Yeah. And that would be very tough for me to wrestle with. Of course with, it would. Of that course. Kanye would perform for Donald Trump. Yeah, I wouldn't so, care anymore. I'm like, yo, I'm done anyway. <laughs> right. But I mean, the fact yeah. is like, let's keep it 100. I'm sorry, Chris and Michelle, but how relevant is she where she needs a look? Exactly. You know what I mean? She, yeah. she has these a check or she needs a look. So mm-hmm. she's going to try and take advantage of what opportunity she can. Yeah. I'm not saying that's okay, but I think but her, her morals or her high ground is probably lower than what her pay, her, her paycheck is, what she wants to get. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me, if I was asked, I want to do it. Yeah. But, you know, for her, she's probably like, hey, it's just a show, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I, you know what? And to me, like, again, like, she hasn't been doing a whole lot for, like, a long time now, right? Like, I what's mean, the last big thing she's done? She did a couple records with Wale a, a, a few years ago. She's, she's like, a frequent collaborator of uh, Rick Ross. I know she collaborated with Nas, right. like, 10 years ago, like, yeah, when she that first was, yeah, came on. Exactly, when she I mean. first came on, yeah. But, like, since then... I, don't know, I I guess she's on the indie scene for for the most part. I know she was on Def Jam for a while. I don't know if that deal is. We're saying a lot. of I don't know. Yeah. So, so I mean, we don't. We know that if Trump calls her, she's gonna take that check. Exactly. Like I don't want to count her pockets or anything like that. But if she feels like she needed a check, then but so even still, be it. like it's like. You read the statement from the, the guy, and he's like, oh, we're keeping it very American. We got it very good. It's yeah. like, that's not good. Exactly. Like, Chris Evans, <laughs> I'd be mad if I was Kanye West. You got Chris Evans, <laughs> you don't want me? Yeah. But you know what? I guess when it comes to, like, with Chris Evans, she's very, uh, she's a classical R&B type of artist, basically. And R&B manifests But there's a stuff. lot more other, you know what I mean? Like, you're right. Yeah. But there's a lot better classical R&B artists than her. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair <laughs> like, enough. Yeah, and yeah. maybe they said no. <laughs> uh, more power to them. Yeah. But I mean, like, she's not the first person I'm thinking. Like if I said, I need an R&B artist to be a, to a hook on my song. Yeah. She's not the fifth person I'm thinking of getting. It, <laughs> so, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. You know what? You know, bless her. Like, at the end of the day, like, her performing at, at, at Trump's inauguration is not an indication of, like, where she stands as far as her political beliefs. How do you know that, though? I mean, but if she if she does it to me, it's like she she's endorsing. She's basically endorsing. That true. I mean, but there are some people who are in the music business just to make money out of it. Like, you know, how many rappers have we heard? That's, I'm not a rapper. You're, I'm a hustler. You're 100. But like, but this is a little different though because it's not like I'm gonna take a check, popcorn chicken, whatever, yeah. or take a Pepsi check. Yeah. I'm gonna take a check to to support the president elect or the new president of the United States, mm -hmm. and by doing that, you're supporting him. Like, if you're, like, a redneck and a country singer and you don't want to support Obama, yeah. you're not performing his inauguration. Fair enough. So, I mean, like, she's basically, by taking that check, she's not, yeah. she doesn't have to go on a campaign for him yeah. or even say anything or tweet anything. But by taking that check, she's saying she supports him. And that's cool. Yeah. But that's what it means to me. Yeah, and you know what? Like, if, like, you, if they said, can you come up and see the inauguration, right? Yeah. I'd say, oh, well, you're, getting, you're, you're basically supporting him. You can't say I'm just doing it for the money. Yeah. Because... That's where your morals come into play, right? True, but you know what? Some people they would like, you MC his inauguration if they asked you. I yeah. wouldn't. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. Why, like me why personally, not? I, why not? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. okay if okay. it's about if it's about how you feel about Trump, that's fair, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, that's what Chris Michelle should say if she feels against it, yeah. or she really wants that paycheck and she doesn't care what people think of her. Yeah, and you know, and that's the thing that really comes down to it, right? Because like, how many rappers you know just you know perform that one single, you know, and like it gets buzzed for like a year or whatever, and then you never hear from them again because they just want that paycheck, right? So I don't know. Again, I don't know what her situation is. I don't know if she's trying to finance it true or whatever. I don't even know how big that paycheck is. But in my estimation, at the very least, that paycheck must have been so big that she she didn't want to turn that down. Let me tell you something. When's the last time you talked about Chris and Michelle on your show? I don't think I ever have before. That check worked for her. <laughs> she could be getting paid a dollar. We're talking about Chris and Michelle. Yeah. When we weren't. For how long? So exactly. she's already in the public psyche. So, yeah. hey. I think it's wise of her as at this point right now to uh, to not say anything. I, don't, I haven't heard anything from her about this. And I think she's smart by, by being silent about it. Yeah, but but her silence is still an acceptance of support. You know what I mean? Like she has to come out. The only thing she can come out. She can't even come out and say she didn't support Trump because she can't perform. Yeah. But – the next thing she should say is like, "I'm not doing it." Yeah. Or she's gonna do it, and no one's gonna. You know what though? No one's gonna like remember like in six months because no one's really gonna be thinking about her. That's true. No yeah. rapper's gonna be like, "I'm not gonna have her on the hook." Because well, some rappers might be. Some Maybe. rappers might say, "I'm not really messing with you because yeah. I don't know." 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know what? We we don't really know what's happening, but like we can at least speculate at, at this moment. Right. But no, you bring up some very good points, man. Definitely. Hey. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, once again, hit me up on t- uh, DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. Um, right now, it's time to get old school. So with that being said, it's time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. And we're going to play that drop just like this. Yeah. And I always tell you guys, man, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you guys want to hear for the Flashback Friday track of the day, man. So today, you know, I'm kind of in like uh, R&B hip-hop collaboration mood right now. So that being said, um, I got to give it to uh, Mariah Carey featuring Jay-Z, man, uh, the Heartbreak record, man. So we're going to play that. I think that came out, what, like 2000 or something like that? Like 99, 2000? I'm old. That ain't old school to me, but hey. <laughs> I, I, I am mad at you. <laughs> hey, man, it's been 17 years at the very least, man. That, that's kind of... I, I worked that record, yo, at Sony. Oh, man. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay, oh then. <laughs> so we're going to play this joint right now, and then after the commercial break, we got to get into Wanks of the Week. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show uh, It's your man DM Cool, this is Cool Radio I got my man Dwayne Watson still in the building rocking it with me And uh, we were having some heavy, heavy, heavy debates just now Heavy 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 um, Ladies and gentlemen, just, just for shits and giggles I, wanna, I want you guys to DM or at me basically Do you like Jesus, yes or no? Just at me that. Just I just want to know your opinion. I just want to know your opinion. Okay. <laughs> oh man, the album. So the Jesus album. The Jesus album. I just want you guys to D or not DM. Well, you want to DM me? Go ahead. But like, just at me at the very least, because I'm very curious to know your opinions. But nonetheless, I gotta keep things moving, man. It's a segment that you guys have been waiting for, and I will keep you guys waiting no longer. So on that note, <clears throat> who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of Wankster of the Week. Now, this week's Wankster goes to none other than former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Now, Mike Tyson, I've left him alone for a bit, but this time I just couldn't ignore it, man. So this week, I'm giving Mike Tyson the Wankster because he has injected himself into a feud with Soldier Boy, all right. Now, that seems to be the popular thing these days. But it's not like he's gonna, you know, go one on one with him in the boxing ring like Chris Brown is. This guy is trying to go bar for bar with him. He's actually put he actually put out a rap song against Soldier Boy. But that's not the reason why I'm giving him the Wanks of the Week. He's getting the Wanks of the Week because he's putting out a rap album, an entire collection of songs on one project. He is trying to poison the world by doing just that. Now, Mike Tyson, he's done a lot of eccentric things, you know, post-boxing. You know what I mean? I mean, we've given him the pass on him falling on his, on his uh, hoverboard. We gave him a pass on that. It happens to anyone. We gave him a pass for his, you know, silly cameo appearances in Hangovers 1 and 2. We, we gave him a pass on We let him live on that. Hell, us in Toronto, we even let him live when he cussed the hell out of Nathan Downer on CP24 live on the air. <laughs> we gave him a pass on that. We, we understood where he was coming from. But this, this, come on, man. We don't need to hear you rap, man. There's enough bad rappers out in the industry right now. We, we don't need you to be the latest person trying to cross over into that market. And it's funny because Dwayne and I, we were already talking about rappers who want to be ballplayers and vice versa, what have you. And every now and again, you'll have a really good one, like a Damian Lillard, for example. But then you'll have a bad one, like, like, like run our test, you know what I mean? And he's from Queensbridge, like, 
Come on, man. <laughs> if you're from Queensbridge, you have. Come on, Nas, Mob Deep, CNN. C- c- come on. Come on. Come on. Like Queens in general. Come on. Son. Queens get the money. Ask Russell Simmons. Uh, clearly, he didn't ask Russell Simmons for permission when he put out that rap album. I'm just saying. But going back to Mike Tyson, though, yes, I know you're from Brooklyn. I, I get it. Brooklyn is a hotbed for hip-hop. I understand. But some dudes aren't just meant to hold the mic. I'm sorry, man. Like, even some of your press interviews weren't that great. So what made you think you being a rapper was going to be any better? Where you actually have to think about metaphors and similes and different writing structures and different different literary elements and what have you. It's just not for you, bro. We, we respect and admire you as a boxer when you are the baddest man on the planet, when you're Iron Mike Tyson, when you're Iron Fist before, before Marvel even had a series out of that. You were that guy. You were that guy who was known for dating Robin Givens. You were that guy known for biting off a man's ear. And you're known for taking the most epic knockout of all time when you faced off against Lennox Lewis. Just just, just chill out, man. Just just please, for the love of God, do, do shelf this album, please. I, no, just... Live comfortably, man. Live comfortably. You've made your millions. You've made some investments. You're living in a nice, comfortable home. You have a pet tiger. Cool. Just just leave the rap stuff alone, man. We already have guys like Young Thug, Lil Uzi Vert, and and, and Ratchet McRatchet just stinkifying hip-hop right now. Just just stay out of it, please. Please. With that being said, man. Can I, gotta, can I, write, can I have a little rebuttal on this, though? Hold on. I'll, I'll let you get okay, I'll let right, you cool, cool. in a minute. I'll just close right, it off the segment no real quick. Please, I'll, please, I'll just close it off real quick. But do you deserve the wank? So, of course you do. I'm gonna drop on you just like this. Rebuttal, sir, please. Well, I hope last week on the show you gave it to uh, Soldier Boy. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, of course, of sure. course. <laughs> but <laughs> I did not spare him at all. But um, two things. Um, yeah. Mike has made a career. His new career is being a parody of himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, all the stuff you referenced that you gave the passes on. Have you seen Mike Tyson Mysteries, the animated show? I haven't. I've, I've stayed away from that. It's actually pretty that. funny. Is it really? It's actually pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, but not, not necessarily because of him. Okay. But um, so I think all the stuff he does, I mean, I saw the video. He can't rap. Soldier Boy can't rap, but that's not the part yeah, of the yeah, story. That's, that's but I think he's, it's like he's making a joke out of it. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to get that reaction because that's what people want. They, they don't want serious killer Mike Tyson. Like, that's not what people want. Yeah. So it's... It's it's a game. It's a game. It's man. a game for him. You think like he, you think he really thinks he could rap? I you don't like he thought he could do a lot of things, man. <laughs> I don't think he thinks he can rap. I think that people will talk about it and say, "Oh my gosh, you see how bad he was." And you know what this reminds me of? Remember when when OJ Simpson got off of the of the the big trial in '94, right. and he just started doing the, like, the most random stuff, like he was going to clubs and he was like 50 years old and all that. I feel like Tyson's in that zone right now, just not as outlandish, but I feel like he's just. Board. Yeah, I mean, I really hope this head fight happens. I really want to see this fight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chris Brown is oh, <laughs> so bad. I want them to get into the ring. You, so you're willing to pay money to see that, like on pay per view? Of something? course, I'm, I'm not gonna pay. Uh, if I knew how much, how much? Uh, you know, boxing fights are gonna be. It's gonna be like at least sixty bucks. You know that. No, I want to pay. I mean, I would go into your house and we'd split it. <laughs> but I'm not. Enough, pay, yeah. But I that. Well, you know who's gonna win. Yeah, I think Chris Brown's gonna win. Chris I Brown, think Chris Brown would care. if this was a street fight. Chris Brown would win. Like, yeah. I mean, Soldier Boy's got no chance. Yo, Soldier Boy, he looks he looks decrepit. Like, like if I didn't know any better, I thought he was suffering from leprosy or something like that. Like, he looks we, like his bones are, rot- are rotting away. I was talking with my cousin. I was like, wh- why are we even talking about Soldier Boy in 2017? Like, yeah, he had a hit what ten, long, years, ten ago. years ago? Yeah, he's like so. It's like it's so crazy that this guy's still running around talking on the smack. But hey, 
He's another one. Soldier Boy would perform at Trump's inauguration if asked. You know that in a heartbeat. He he would. I don't see why they would ask him to do it. They would it, never though. ask. You him. know what I mean? Like, no, I know. Like, like, it's not surprising that he would, but I don't understand why they would ask him to do no, that. That'd be so it. weird. Yeah. Like, are you really trying to make fun of black people right now? Like, is that what's happening? <laughs> like, uh, like Trump, we get it. You're president. You're a racist, <laughs> sexist, homophobic bigot. We get it. Like, you have white privilege. We understand. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Oh, man. But anyways, before we sign off, uh, Dwayne, what's, what's, in, what's in store for the future right now, man? Man. Oh, man. Um... I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, uh, if you asked me a year ago if I'd be in certain places doing certain things, I don't know. I mean, I think as the game kind of evolves, um, you know, my goals continue to change and evolve. And as long as I'm telling stories, man, that's kind of what I really enjoy doing. So, yeah. um, and we know basketball is still growing in this country and they're yep. trying to continue to push that charge. Uh, and, Still playing and loving the game, man. Absolutely, man. Most definitely. And ball is life, most definitely, right? Yeah, ball is life. But, I mean, we've had a lot of passionate music discussions off air. And, I mean, that was a big part of me, and it still is. Uh, And still, um, Life of Pablo is a great record, just so you know. No, please. (laughs) You know what? It's funny because we were talking about that off the air, and I was recording on a video. So, like, I may have to, like, air that on YouTube because there's some good combos going on. Okay. All right, man. (laughs) Oh, man. But most definitely, I want to thank you for coming through. Respect, Um, man. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. You know you're welcome to come through anytime, man. And, and, yo, tell Akil to come through sometime as well, man. (laughs) I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Yeah, if you get out of bed, that guy. (laughs) Yeah, right. right? I called him one time, and he was like, like, oh, yo, call me back later. I'm like, (laughs) Really? I'm like, all right, cool. It was like one in the afternoon. I was like, what party did you go to? He's a a big napper, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, man, I don't blame him, man. I love my sleep as well. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, next week on the show, we have my man, uh, artist and uh, record producer. He goes by the name of C. Roos. He will be opening up for T.I. next week uh, when he makes his tour stop in Toronto. So we're definitely going to talk to him about that. Uh, And then make sure you just hit up on all our plugs, man. Hit us up on on, uh, on, on, uh, Twitter at Cool underscore Radio. YouTube Cool Underscore Radio for our video clips. Uh, hit us up on SoundCloud at Cool Underscore Radio for the full audio podcast. And then hit us up on Facebook, like that page on uh, Cool Radio CC. And just a reminder to everyone uh, listening out there that Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment. We're reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.